Don't you have something to say to me? Dog mom. <laughs> Today I am joined with dog mom. None other than Mr. Dogmon himself, Nick Scarpinato. Thank you. And I'm joined by associate of Dogmom, David Kapushikars. Yes, indeed. And we're recording this the week of Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to all moms out there. Thank you to my mom for giving birth to me. Um, I have been a great kid, a perfect kid, honestly. And I don't think you could have ended up with a better one. So uh, you're welcome. And I love you so much. Yes, to all the kids out there, be sure to run out and buy your mom a 1961 Jaguar E-Type. Yes. Wow. Look at you with the Segway. That's uh, it's a beautiful. It's honestly, I think it's the one that Doc was in the Cars franchises. It's very, it's very spy-like. It's very, I don't know how else you would call it, but it's very slim. It's very sleek. It's very sneaky. So if I needed to get away with murder or try to sneak up on someone to catch them for a murder, I'd drive that car. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. They didn't make hybrids in the 60s. Otherwise, it would have been a lot easier, but that thing's probably super loud. It's a Jaguar. You know how people say that cars like will purr? Yeah, drive some Jag. <laughs> Play some Jag, drive some Jag. <laughs> Yeah, uh, any any Atari Jaguar fans out there? Probably, <laughs> probably not. We're off to a great start. Uh, but welcome to episode four of the Too Bad We Didn't Get to Cars podcast. We got a lot of stuff to talk about today, but particularly all of the Marvel stuff that wrapped up and aired in the last week. I'm talking Moon Knight, and we're talking Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. A lot of M's. It's Mother's Day, Multiverse of Madness, Moon Knight. It's it's a it's a it's a Mother's Day Marvel extravaganza, so uh, I'm really excited to get into that. It's probably going to be a majority of the episode, honestly. But we also wanted to make sure we got some music and video game stuff in, so we're going to be talking about just a couple of like concert updates, things that we have coming up, and and uh, talk about venues, um, kind of piggybacking off of last week's like concert experiences talk. Uh, and then we want to briefly talk about, since we haven't really been playing a whole lot of games in the last week, aside from mobile games, uh, we'll just tell you about the mobile games that we've been playing, uh, cause all of their anniversaries happen to be like around the same time. So it's going to be a busy time for those games in the next, uh, couple of, couple of weeks. So, um, so yeah, really quickly, I want to, I want to, um, talk about, the the fact that we're about to have 90 degree weather we're about to have 90 degree weather and this is the exact thing that last week i was so nervous about i hate summer man i hate it yeah what a way to end my last week at discount tire yeah david's leaving discount tire how long how long were you working there since since september which is nuts absolutely nuts yeah um yeah Honestly, for way too long, but the D's got to be done. I yeah. have to uh, revisit old territory again, but that just means I can finally put cars behind me. Yeah, officially, because um, we, we kind of started this podcast under the pretense that we didn't know anything about cars, so when I found out that you were working at Discount, I got to say, I I, um, <clears throat> I didn't know who you were anymore, And uh, but now we're going back to square one. 
Um, and speaking of jobs, I just got a job at a bakery, uh, which you probably look at me and you're like, yeah, his, his jolly ass absolutely sells cupcakes. Like that, that was, that's absolutely what he would do. It is, it is a surprise for me though. I am, I'm very excited to start a new job, but I'm also very, very nervous because I've never worked at a bakery before. I, I don't, I don't work with like baked goods super often. Um, but that's, that's just me. So I will be sure to visit you, uh, when you're doing cable work and, uh, you got to I wouldn't raise your chances quite so highly. Oh my God. Um, and you got to visit me and buy a cupcake or something. Cause it's, it's in Aurora. So tell your boss to get dish. I'll be out there. <laughs> uh, if you're watching, I, I shouldn't use, I God. shouldn't use their name. They're, I might be going to Texas for a week. Mm. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I don't. I I feel like this isn't the first time that I've heard about Texas being a, like a training ground for a bunch of different jobs. Like people just going to Texas or Austin or whatever for for. Do you know what part of Texas you're going to to train? I have no idea. Mm, it's also just, I have no idea if I'm even going, but it's a possibility. It's a possibility. Uh, so if you don't see David. Uh, for a week or if you see him and he came back and he has a bunch of like scorpion stings you'll know that it was because he was in texas oh my god you have to wear a cowboy hat you have to wear a cowboy hat the first episode we do after you come back from texas if absolutely if i go to texas i will buy a hat i'll buy a hell yeah yeehaw brother yeehaw Yeehaw. that was a good yeehaw so yeah, so I mean, we we both are starting new jobs. I mean, for for David, your your job at Dish is kind of like a revisit. It's like a remaster, you know. Yeah, I've been there for, I was there for like two months, and then things happened. And then things happened. But now I'm going back. Yeah. Um. So it's it's an exciting time for for us, and and you get to watch it all unfold or listen to it all I unfold. I don't know about exciting, but. And new it is it is new. i don't know about new either oh my god okay well it is uh it changes the way that we have been living the past like month since we started this podcast I'll, I'll so at the very hint. least the very least it's doing that so we'll be sure to let you know any sort of updates i don't know like if if i heard a story of uh, i think i might have i think i might have told you but i was working with um what was I? Who was I talking to? You ever start a story that you think is going to be really cool, and then you literally forget how it starts? Um, no, it was it was yeah. Actually, like um, actually there was this one time. Um, don't don't do it. Come on, how'd, man. How'd it go no, again? don't do it. How'd it go? <laughs> no, so um, I think it was actually like internet or like TV or whatever. But I was working with someone recently on like a musical project, and. I, um, and, and, and I was talking to them about their job and they like installed like cable or they, they worked on like, you know, TV, um, basically what you would be doing at dish and person walks into the house and they're working in, in, uh, Virginia at the time. And, um, and so the guy walks into the house and he's talking to the customer a little bit and uh, she's like, okay, yeah, I mean, you just, you just take your time, do your thing. Um, I'll be here. And he was like, oh, okay. So he's walking through the house 
and he starts to see all these pictures of this customer like with Dave Grohl and he's like wow this 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 woman's got a lot of a lot of pictures with Dave Grohl she must be a big must be a big fan and so he ta- he tells her about it he's like hey you got a lot of pictures with Dave Grohl I, I love the Foo Fighters like he was a big Foo Fighters fan and she's like oh oh yeah Dave's my son and so this guy ended up working at the house of Dave Dave Grohl's mom Virginia um I think that's I think that's his mom's name um in in like his the town where he grew up um which is insane so maybe david will have a story or two about that kind of experience i already do what to any white Sox fans out there i did the cable for um oh what's his name um Kinerko? no 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 um oh God, what was it tim anderson Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson is currently on the White Sox. Which and yeah. Yeah, I did his cable. I don't like, I don't even know who he is cuz I don't watch baseball. Yeah, we didn't get into sports either. <laughs> yeah, true. Did you um so like were you talking directly to him? Were you Yeah, no, I I rolled up um pretty nice looking house as you'd imagine. And there's this guy working on the lawn and I thought that was the guy. So I asked him, like, hey, man, can I uh, park on your driveway over here? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I don't live here. Talk to – he's in the car because he was in the car, I guess, waiting to go to a game that day. Yeah. And I, I walk up to him. And I was like, hey, man, is it cool if I park over here? He's like, yeah, man, that's fine. Um, you go to talk to my wife inside. She'll, like, tell you all the things. I was like, all right, cool. And I, I start doing the job. And then, uh, like, in their bedroom, I noticed the guy, Tim – and his wife, and he was in the uniform in like Soldier Field. I was like, "Wait a minute!" So I I, I, I looked up my phone. I was like, "White Sox players," yeah. and I found him. I was like, "Holy shit! I am in a famous man's home." Wouldn't it be something if he was just like a really big White Sox fan and he bought like an authentic jersey and like escaped onto the field with his wife to take that picture? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "Yeah." Very shortly after, the authorities apprehended me, and uh, <laughs> and I was in big trouble. But it was it was good for the football. yeah. I even I even told uh, one of the managers I was there at the time, and he's like. Like, there's no way you're in his house. That's my son's favorite player. Oh, and I sent no. him a screenshot of, like, the work order. Mm-hmm. And he was like, damn. Yeah. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, man. That that could have been – isn't it funny how you think, like, in another universe, like, that could have been, like, your boss in that situation? And he could have been like, yeah, my son is a big fan. I want to get your autograph. Um, but it wasn't. So, sorry, David's boss. <laughs> Sucks to suck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was rude. I don't even know you. Um, yeah, speaking of other universes. Yeah, okay, we got to uh, get we to gotta, it. Okay, so I think we should start small. I think we should start with Moon Knight. I agree. Because there's a lot. We, we've kind of been holding on to same thing we did with Jujutsu and like Sonic, where we didn't really talk about our feelings about the movies when we watched them and we waited for the podcast. We've been doing the same with Moon Knight and Doctor Strange. So because we've been holding on to Moon Knight a little bit longer, I think we should do that first, uh, just so I can get it off my chest and uh, bear my feelings to you. Um, yeah. So in our last video where we talked about Moon Knight, we kind of discussed how exciting it was that it was a new Marvel property and Oscar Isaac was carrying the whole thing and he was doing such a good job and that there was a twist at the end of episode four where we left off and... Um, 
Speaking of, spoilers ahead for those who haven't seen Moon Knight but are watching this anyway or listening also to this Also Doctor anyway. Strange later on. And Doctor Strange later on, yeah. So the twist being obviously Mark wakes up in a mental hospital and Harrow, the villain, is his psychiatrist or, or whatever position he was in. They go through this whole thing where in episode five, there's a lot of trauma that Mark relives and Steven gets to see and it's kind of like a bottled like backstory episode and it's done really, really well. And then we get to the finale in episode six where he comes back to reality and there's a big uh, fight between a couple of different people. Um, I think before we get into details, I just want to let's just talk about our general thoughts. Like, did you did you think Moon Knight was a good show now that we've had time to like think about it? No. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, explain. The show went so hard downhill after episode one. Because mm. episode one, I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. And then episode six, I was like, wow, that kind of sucked. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're cool moments. Yeah. Especially in episode five. But I guess the the finale was such horse shit. Why's that? What do you think? I hated the finale hardcore. For one thing... Episode five ends, and there's a lot of things they had to answer for. Yeah, we we talked about that when we finished watching the episode. It was just the fact that they, we knew there was only one episode left. And, yeah, they had to take down Harrow. Harrow still had to release Amit. Um, like, Mark had to come back to life. Like, he had he was shot and dead. And he, had, and he ended up in a field, you know, kind of like on, like, in... You know, Wakandan culture, like there's the the ancestral plane in like in the Marvel universe and like Egyptian culture, you know, you end up in the field of reeds, I think. Um, and so Mark was there at the end of episode five. And so we were both thinking like, well, what the f- they have so many things that they have to tie up and they have one more like 40 minute episode left. Um and yeah, it turns out they're just going to hit the fast forward button and try to speed rush the entire thing. Yeah, like there was a whole... F- so when we get into episode six, Mark wakes up because he, he in the afterworld, he goes back to rescue Ski- Steven, who had died at the episode, you know, died, quote unquote, at the end of episode five. He sacrifices himself and then that act balances out the scales in his heart. So then, you know, the gates to the real world open up and they're able to escape back to the real world and Harrow goes into the tomb with all of the other avatars that we saw in what episode like three something like that all of the other avatars like Anubis's avatar and Osiris's avatar and Isis's avatar they all get their asses handed to them by Harrow by one dude and it's like isn't Osiris aren't Osiris and Anubis supposed to be like some of the strongest Egyptian gods like ever? It's the ones that you, they're the ones that you hear about. Like as a kid, you're like Egyptian, you know, you hear like Anubis and uh, Cleopatra and King Tut and they get, they just get their asses handed them and we don't even see the fight. And so like then uh, Layla shows up and she has to break Khonshu out of his little statue. But yeah, like David said, it all kind of, rushes together because they have to finish everything really really quickly i i didn't think like as a whole the show was that i i thought it was good i didn't think it was like amazing 
Um, but I really liked the fight choreography in the last episode. Like when Moon Knight, you know, comes back and he's like fighting off all these dudes. He's switching between like him and Mr. Knight because Mark and Steven are on like even playing fields now. So like there's a moment where Harrow grabs Moon Knight's cape and <laughs> then Moon Knight changes to Mr. Knight and like, loses the cape. So like he's free and then he punches the dude and then turns back into Moon Knight. So like I thought the combat was cool. We got a kaiju battle. Uh, because Ama gets released and she starts sucking up souls and she turns into a giant, you know, Godzilla-sized monster. So Kanchu comes out and he's a Godzilla-sized monster. So there's there's a specific shot where like Moon Knight and Layla, who ends up getting powers because she becomes Tarouette's avatar. Again, a lot of stuff and they breeze through it, but there are cool moments. So I don't know. They end up defeating Harrow and, you know, Ama gets sealed inside him. And then Khonshu at the very end of the episode, um, there are a couple of really important things that happen. Because first, like in the middle of, you know, Mark and Layla beating all these dudes up and getting to Harrow, Mark blacks out again. And it skips ahead to Mark has like Arthur in his arm, like in his hand. And he's like, fuck, man, I, I, dude's about to die. Yeah, you know that villain they've been building up for six episodes? Yeah, he gets defeated off screen. He gets to, yeah, he gets defeated off screen. Um, like, Amit gets gets defeated, and then they seal Amit inside Arthur Harrow's dying body. And then the end of the episode, they skip back to, like, Mark and Steven waking up in their apartment. And it's almost as if nothing happened. It's almost as if it was all a dream, you know? And then um, the credits roll, and then there's a post credit scene where... We open up on, I think it's like a rehab center because it's like a hospital, but also like, I think Harrow might be, I don't know if he ever got arrested or whatever, but he is in like a similar position that like, uh, Mark and Steven were when they were in their, you know, psych ward and someone rolls them out on a wheelchair. And then you find out that it's, it's Mark. Like it looks like Mark and Harrow gets thrown into the back of like a limo. And you hear Khonshu and he's like dressed up in this nice suit. And Harrow is like, you're not going to be able to get away with this. What are you going to do? You don't have an avatar. And then you see the driver and he turns around and then Khonshu is like, oh, but I do have an avatar. I don't need Steven. I don't need Mark. I want you to meet my friend Jake Lockley, who this whole time people on the Internet have been like, Moon Knight canonically has like three major personalities. Like, where is Jake? Turns out Jake is like the homicidal like violent one who has been like emerging in the past episodes where you know moon knight kicks the shit out of people and then mark wakes up and he's like steven did you do that steven was like no i didn't do that so we have we just meet jake and he pulls out a gun and he says something in spanish which is really cool i don't know why that's really cool it's 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 a it's a fun moment for his character because like you know, Oscar Isaac manages to make each of these personalities like, you know, gives them unique qualities to make them stand out from one another. So he says something in Spanish. He shoots Harrow with a silencer, uh, assuming I'm assuming that he kills him, you know, because one of the conflicts at the end of the episode was like Khonshu was like, hey, man, you got to kill this guy. Otherwise, Ahmed's going to be released again. And Mark's like, doesn't that make me no better than Arthur? I'm just going to leave him. We're just going to seal him. You do it. And then by the end of the episode, Kanchu was like, I don't need Mark to do it. I got Jake to do it. So 
now Moon Knight is still around because technically Jake is still Conchu's avatar. So like Moon Knight's going to come back, but I don't think, I think it's going to be very interesting to see where they pick up from here. So for me, after all that being said, I do think, I don't, I don't honestly think it's one of the weaker Disney plus shows, but I, I was thinking about this the other day. Like how many of those shows would I go back and rewatch? Like how many would I voluntarily go back and rewatch from start to finish? I don't know if I'd go back and watch Moon Knight, even though he's like a new character and it might be cool to like go back to the first couple episodes and pick up on little like Easter eggs and stuff. Um, I thought it was fun, but honestly, I'm more excited to see him pop up in the future, possibly with Blade or possibly with better CG because uh, the CG throughout this whole show is kind of wonky. Um, you know, not to discredit the animators or anything. I'm sure a lot of the work was done like in quarantine or like when we were figuring out quarantine. So like there's a chance that maybe the quality wasn't as high because the resources were limited. Any amount of things. But um, I don't know, man. So if I if I personally had to like, you know, we don't have to do the ranking yet if you have more that you want to say. I have um, a lot more I want to say. Okay. So I, I will hold off on the ranking. What 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 else? What else you got? Um, just like, uh, first of all, Amit looks stupid. It's this giant goddess they've been building up for the whole episode. And it's just a giant alligator. Yeah. I mean, a lot of Egyptian gods are just like animal. Well, you know. can't you look cool? He was, it was like a vulture skull. Well, cause he was, di- I, I don't know if they ever explained it, but I think like Conchu is supposed to be like an alive bird, but like <laughs> the skin on his, on his head, it just like, you know like rotted away well whatever it was he looked cool he did look cool and then yeah i'm at just the giant battle just a cg just battle like, yeah man i don't know and then yeah harrow easily like officially like my, my bottom five villains i that's fair just he didn't do anything even the finale yeah he was just kind of like twirling his stupid cane around and uh, <laughs> yeah of course he gets defeated off screen so yeah that was a a wet towel yeah um and just yeah yeah and then they kill him at the end it's like okay well that was a waste and then um oh my god I, I still i still don't know what the hell's up with the the psychiatric ward thing no idea no idea because by the end of the show you're still left wondering like did any of it actually happen yeah, and then you know, episode five ends with Steven getting trapped in the thing. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's sad. And then, of course, they bring him back for the finale because, of course, you have to. Yeah, no one's just like an anime. Like most shonen anime, no one's actually dead. But if they are actually dead, they have a whole big thing for them, like throwing a funeral for Tony Stark, or you know, throwing a having a hospital scene for Sir Night Eye. You know, it's the same thing. Like in Marvel shows, no one's actually dead. Until they get a whole like ten minute scene about them, yeah, it's just super frustrating because you were on the verge of greatness. <laughs> yeah, I really do think if this show had stuck the landing a little better, or if it had been like a couple episodes longer, like, maybe it could. It was been. marketed as like a more mature show, but by the end of it, it's the same thing. Yeah, and that's that's a huge complaint about Marvel in general is that like the third acts of Marvel movies typically feel very similar or like you know third acts of like the shows too like hawkeye had a very similar third act in its show 
um, where they're fighting off like a war, like a, a horde of you know enemies, so you can show off the hero's powers. And what did you feel about the um, Layla? Like she becomes the Scarlet Scarab, which I think her dad is in the comics. Um, but in this iteration, she takes up the mantle. What did you think about her basically like having Falcon powers? Uh, yeah, fine, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought I thought it was cool that she finally accepted a role as an avatar, even if it was like temporary. Um, but uh, but yeah, I thought her. Like I said, I I will stand by the fact that I think the choreography in the fights in the last episode are, are still are still good. Like that's where all of the fight choreography like production budget budget really went um yeah, it's like it's like what even happened with like the the very last scene it's like they wake up from the thing yeah he gets up trips and then it cuts the black like what the what a a horrible ending i'm sorry <laughs> yeah because it doesn't really i like i said i think if the point of the show is to kind of throw you off guard and keep you on your toes it's like for me the way i saw it like, was any of it real? Did any of it actually happen? Was it supposed to be this, like, sitcom ending where we end up in the same spot where we started, but, like, we're different for it, you know, for everything that happened? I don't know. I just... I think Moon Knight and Oscar Isaac particularly... Os- Oscar Isaac carries this show. Like, his performance, especially in episode five, oh, my gosh. Like, his whole backstory and how Steven was created. Like, if I go back and watch any of this show, I'm watching that episode. Because I think that episode is, like... When when in interviews, Oscar Isaac was like, yeah, this show is my baby. I'm like, that that's it. Like, that that episode fully encapsulates how much work, like, Oscar Isaac put into this role. So, like, I love that episode. Made me tear up a bunch. Um, but, yeah, then then you could tell that, like, by the sixth episode, you know executives or maybe you know the marvel higher-ups were like okay we got to wrap this up we kind of know how we want this to end so you can experiment in the middle couple of episodes but we gotta we know how we gotta end this thing it's like i don't get why why does it need to only be six episodes like could you not go seven could they not have gone seven and properly gave everything enough time yeah and for god's sake those finale is the shortest episode of the series it is yeah it, it honestly blows my mind i don't yeah. know just what their game plan was but they fucking ooh. oops sorry sorry <laughs> this is not the that's i fine. try not to but sometimes it happens but i'm sorry they dropped the ball they drop. yeah like i i think we agree in that regard like if they had if they had just stuck the landing a little better and made the whole journey up till that point more worth it I think this show would be a lot higher on my list of Disney Plus shows. Didn't WandaVision have like 10 episodes? Yeah, WandaVision had a bunch of episodes. Yeah. Nope, gotta get this wrapped up in six. (laughs) Yeah, so like I said, episode five is probably one of my single favorite episodes of like Marvel TV of of Moon Knight. Um, And like the show up until that point is you know has its ups and downs where it's kind of slow for a little bit the twist in episode four is super interesting um but i don't really think it connects everything at the end in a very cohesive way so um i don't know man like yeah. as far as shows i'd rewatch, you're talking about yeah i think the only ones are loki and what if for me 
Yeah. I would go back and watch WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, but if I... Yeah, maybe WandaVision. Yeah. Like, if I, if I, if I had to rank all of the Disney Plus shows, I'd probably put this like middle tier or like lower middle tier um because i i i think i might enjoy it more than hawkeye if not like the same amount um i don't know if y'all heard that but i definitely just spilled my water all over the uh all right over the floor spilled the water yeah so david you talk to the people while i grab some paper towel yeah i'd um you're blocking you're blocking my shot man i would um i'd at least put moon knight i think above falcon because falcon i did not like at all but yeah other than that i think i preferred everything else over moon knight ridiculous ridiculous that you didn't like falcon at all i i there was just nothing i cared about Mm. i don't even remember who the villains were and I'm not gonna. Well, no, I'll remember Harrow because how disappointing he was. But um, I don't even know. What, I don't even know what Falcon was about anymore. And then we have Miss Marvel coming out soon, which God, I don't know if I care about. Yeah, I especially don't care about the uh, the Agatha spinoff. Yeah, meaning I was not one of those people that was like watching WandaVision. I was not like, oh man, absolutely, I need. This is this is something that I that I hundred percent need. That's one that, that I'm skipping that one. I'm not watching Agatha House of Darkness. Yeah, if it if it ends up, you know, actually having some sort of uh, like significance to the overall MCU, then maybe. But that's why that's why I don't watch Peacemaker either. I don't I don't care if it's good. I don't care. I'm I'm sick of these shows already. That's fair. It's getting a bit much. That is. Uh, I'm hitting my threshold. Yeah, so Disney Plus shows, I'm hoping Ms. Marvel is a refreshing sort of like eighth grade situation where, you know, maybe it's like a coming of age story um, instead of, you know, like the superheroing that we've gotten recently. But I think it's about time to move on. Um, I would I would personally give Moon Knight a rent it if that was an option. Um but I feel like you're probably more on the don't watch it side. Uh, yeah, it's hard. Because, yeah, I, episode one and five, I think, are good. Yeah. Everything else, no. Yeah, so rent it if only to watch the first and fifth episodes. <laughs> um, so well, look up a synopsis after you watch one and five and then just read about the rest of it. Save yourself, like two hours of boredom yeah so uh next we're gonna move on to what i think is on the other end of that sort of spectrum if not you know i'm not gonna get too far ahead of myself dr strange in the multiverse of madness didn't like this one either i'm joking i i thought this movie was awesome hell yeah okay you you go first because um i'm gonna rework some things on my camera Um, yeah no this was um Sam Raimi coming back definitely was a big plus. But um, I think the first part of the movie actually was kind of average. Like nothing was really special, I think, until um, America. What a name. America sends her and Strange 
through the like the first portal they go through. I think that's when it really starts to kick in. Yeah, I, 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 I honestly would say um, the first moment of the movie that really made me think like, okay, I'm I'm excited is, um, is the first action scene like on on the street. Like I I there is a a comparison that I saw that's because obviously obviously it's exciting that Sam Raimi is back. Like that is that is directing a superhero movie in New York, you know, like with Spider-Man, very similar sort of situation. I'm super stoked um, because what that meant was we got a lot of action centric scenes in a big city, which I sort of assumed going into this movie that we wouldn't get a whole lot since we're jumping dimensions. But the single scene, the single sequence that really did it for me was when Strange walked out of Christine's wedding onto the balcony and he takes the, you know, the big sip of the rest of his drink, he puts it on the platter and then he takes his tie and he like flips around like off of the building and like his cape goes on. I don't know, man. It just felt like a really cool suit up scene. And then like his theme starts playing and he does the buzzsaw thing. And then, oh my God, when the octopus monster gets its eye ripped out, Holy shit. That's when I knew that this movie was going to be a little bit gorier than uh, other MCU movies that we've seen. Yeah, dude. Um, skipping ahead a little bit. First of all, I want to start by saying Wanda might be one of, if not my favorite MCU villain ever. I think it helps that she was like a hero to start and we got a lot of movies with her. So like seeing you, this culminate. You either die a, vi- die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And Wanda definitely Harvey did. Dent. Harvey Dent. I'm going to Can we? I believe in Harvey Dent. <laughs> I believe in Harvey Dent. Do you believe in God? Yes. I believe in God. <laughs> I believe in God. Um, Do you? Yeah, man. I, like, Wanda speaking to the horror elements of this movie and the gory elements of this movie, she straight up kills people. Like she, mur- like murders yeah. people. People die. Like in this movie. And like I, I we just the elephant in the room. We gotta talk about the Illuminati because for me that is easily one of the best sequences of the entire movie. Like if not the entire MCU, because they do they pull this move where Doctor Strange and America gets sent to a universe where the Illuminati exists. And we walk into the room and you see a couple of, you know, you see like Baron Mordo at like taking Dr. Strange's place. Um, You see Black Bolt from the Inhumans show, like played by the same guy that played Black Bolt in that ABC show. Um, uh, Who else? Oh, Peggy Carter, like Captain Carter from the What If show. She's there and she looks great. And then Monica Rambeau took up the mantle of Captain Marvel. Uh, So instead of Brie Larson, it's Rambeau. And then the last two people, we skip over to see John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards. When I tell you I audibly gasped in the theater when that happened, I was like, I was surprised that nobody else had that reaction. Like he, he came up on screen and you hear his voice and you see him in the costume and with the beard. And I was like, <gasps> and I put my hand over my mouth because I was so, it was so unexpected. Because we had we had been theorizing and what and campaigning for Reed Richards to be played by John Krasinski for years, and Marvel gave it to us, and then we see Charles Xavier, 
in the yellow like X-Men the animated series wheelchair and they play a little like musical motif that and then what do they do Wanda kills every single one of them Wanda brutally murders every single member of the Illuminati so that we'll never see them again God, but she removes Black Bolt's mouth like it's the Matrix, and then he says something, and his head explodes from the inside. He tear, she tears Reed Richards apart like spaghetti. One of the smartest men in the universe. My ass, man! You're gonna throw a punch at Wanda Maximoff and not expect to be torn apart like noodles. Yeah, and then she she cuts Captain Carter in half with her own shield, and then she crushes Captain Marvel under a big ass statue. Oh, and then she snaps Doctor Xavier, like Professor Xavier's neck, in his own brain. It's crazy. It's crazy. Crazy she movie. She is straight up. She is a horror villain through and through. Like there are sequences where there are jumps. Like there's a there's a sequence where she like pops out of a mirror like the ring style, and she's like contorting her body, and you hear it crack and stuff, and her head like picks up for like a. Oh my god, man. Yeah, there are some legit jump scares in this movie. I also oh, I forgot what part it was, but it was another Wanda scary scene. Yeah. And it was like going through a house and there's like a picture. Yes. Of her, yeah, yeah, and yeah. She, like, you know, turns. Oh my God, dude. And then there's a scene where they're actively running away from her and she straight up looks like Jack Nicholson out of The Shining. It's like she's got the limp and she's like running after America and Christine and Strange. And then they block her behind this like blast door and then it's just silence and then you hear like water dropping from above them and hitting the floor and then right before the scare right before the reveal the water like goes into slow motion and then you hear it like slow down and then all of a sudden like wanda pops out of like the corner and she's like all you see are her like her red eyes and like her shadowy figure yeah what a surprise that was because the trailer made it seem like the other Strange, I think, was like the main villain. Yeah, I I am so... Apparently in other trailers, though, they kind of... They gave a lot away, like, in regards to Wanda being a villain. That's why you stay away from all the trailers. Yes, I purposely stayed away from the trailers just so... Like, I, I knew that, like, Professor X was going to be in this movie. I kind of assumed that it was because of the Illuminati... Um, but I did not know that Wanda was just going to be the villain for the whole time. I thought they were going to reveal like Dormammu or someone or like someone from the demon world. Um, it looks like that's where he's going next. The after credit scene looks like, yeah. Um, also I didn't even know that was Bruce Campbell until one of my friends, Josh, What? he, he was like, is that the guy? I was like, Oh shit. That's Bruce Campbell. Yeah. I didn't even recognize him at first. Yeah, I, I honestly, I have not seen him in a really long time. I have not seen Bruce Campbell, admittedly, in quite a long time. But, like, uh, it's a Raimi movie, so, of course, you got to have a Bruce Campbell cameo. And it's a really funny one where, like, Strange, he calls himself the Pizza Papa because <laughs> he sells these, like, balls of pizza, like, in another universe. But let's talk about that post credit scene, the first one. Um, because whatever road is next for Doctor Strange... He had to use the dark holds to dreamwalk into like a dead body version of him, which was really cool. Like Zombie Strange was a really cool concept, and like, but because of that, he ends up um, developing what I'm gonna assume are like dark 
powers like dark magic because he t- he tapped into it once so it's like starting to corrode his soul his brain whatever he grows a third eye uh much like the evil strange in this movie and some character is like on the street she's like Stephen strange and he's like who are you and she's like doesn't matter you caused an incursion we're gonna go fix it and then like you hear like the electric guitar play like anytime that someone uses the the dark hold and like his eye opens up and he's like she's like are you afraid and he's like i'm never afraid and then they run into the portal and i found out they're going to the the dark dimension where um strange met dormammu for the first time so then i looked up who that character was supposed to be because i had no idea i honestly thought she was like she had clothes that were very similar to like the Eternals, so i was like is this an eternals character that i missed but no her name is clea she is the princess of the dark dimension uh she's also dormammu's daughter and she ends up taking over the role of sorcerer supreme from doctor strange in the comics um, so I don't know what they're going to do with that character. She's played by Char- uh, Charlize Theron or Ch- Charlize Theron. I'm sorry. She's not watching this. So, but if you are, be sure to correct me in the comments, um, sound off in the comments section below. But, uh, yeah, it's basically the way I looked at it. It was the perfect way to give Dr. Strange, like the Ms. Mar or the Captain Marvel treatment where she's just, he's just like off world for a while. Like, he, you know, he has to figure stuff out in the, you know, dark dimension so he will return because the end of the credits say that he's going to come back but benedict cumberbatch has already come out and said like yeah i'm going to take a break from acting after dr strange too so if we see him again as dr strange it probably won't be for a while maybe a couple years but um what else you got god i don't even know Uh, all the um like the demon things that he like possesses with the the corpse strange yeah um, that shit was like straight out of like Army of Darkness. Honestly, yeah, like their voices were like edited, so like it was one voice that was like, Nyeh! and then it was another voice on top that was like, Nyeh! so like it, both of them together. It just reminds me of like the skeletons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Movie. There were and there were a couple of other Raimiisms that I like. Here's the thing: this is to it's a it's a Sam Raimi movie. Like whether you like it or not, like if if you are a fan of his style you're gonna like this movie a lot if you're not a fan of his style like if you think it's too cheesy then it might be a little turnoff for you there were definitely some cheesy moments in the movie like there were some one-liners um that like were spoken that i don't think like landed a whole lot but there was someone was like i'm gonna send you back to hell yeah it was christine was like she took a big basically like flamethrower and she like held a candle in front of it she was like I'm sending you back to hell, and then, poof, and then the you know the spirits go away or whatever. Oh yeah, I remember when Scarlet Witch like burned someone alive, and it showed like <laughs> the like the the charred corpse. <laughs> yeah, that was that wicked. Was, that was wicked, dude. Yeah, she, what a kill count. Um, and she ends up dying at the end. She ends up crushing herself under the big pillar that she was doing all of her magic from. Um, but uh, there was. In that last sequence where Zombie Strange, Corpse Strange was fighting uh, Wanda, he's telling America Chavez, who, by the way, is a really interesting new character. Um, I feel like she's going to play a really big role moving forward. And this movie was a good introduction to her. Um, yeah, I like I like her actor a lot. But 
she the whole movie is like i don't know how to control this power i don't know how we're gonna do anything and then strange at the very end comes to the realization that he doesn't need to steal her power like his previous you know the strange from the beginning tried to do he's like no 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 you know how to use your power you've been doing it this whole time you just got to believe in yourself and then you know there's like a little like zoom in like camera twists on her and she like smiles and then it like does the same zoom in camera twist on strange and it's just him winking but he's a zombie so like it looks really silly because he's you know he's got like half his face missing like a two-face and he's like you know he does that thing um but it's like it's it's the kind of silly weird sam raimi things that i really really like about evil dead and like army of darkness that like are full force in this movie dude how about that music battle between evil strange the music battle was the music battle was really cool i mean it was a cool concept i just i just wish it wasn't the whole battle you know i wish it could have been like just a part of it yeah um because like there's a cheesy moment at the end of the battle where like (laughs) strange is like struggling against evil strange and he sees like a harp in the corner of the room and he like flicks his finger and it's just a single note and then it's the single note is what like wins the battle for him um so i don't know it's silly but just due to its sheer gore like the violence um the horror elements and like the fact that you can tell sam raimi directed it you know it's a very unique direction style that i think pays off in a lot of ways it makes this movie feel probably one of the most unique movies in the entire mcu i think i would watch this so many so many times like you have to watch this movie like even if you're not a doctor strange fan like if you're a horror movie fan give it a watch man like it's it's cool uh like the body count and like the effects and everything um so i say watch it definitely yeah um get grabbing this on steelbook when it comes out I am probably going to see it one more time. I want to take my family to go see it because I know my stepdad uh, is a is a big horror movie fan and he's a Marvel fan. I don't know if my mom's going to like it a whole lot, <laughs> so maybe we won't go on Mother's Day, um, but maybe on Father's Day. So who knows? Um, so that's our big. I think I think that's the end of our big Marvel Mother's Day uh, double triple M extravaganza. Um, but there are a couple other things that we want to just touch on briefly before we wrap this up. Um, so we were talking last week about like concert experiences. Um, I would love if there was an, or like, Oh, Danny Elfman did the music for, uh, Dr. Strange because of course he did. And it was amazing. So if Danny Elfman went on tour and he started playing Dr. Strange music, I would absolutely be on board. Um, but one of the aspects of going to concerts that we didn't really talk about last week was the venues themselves. And I realized the other day or last weekend, I went to go see a show. It was a band called action adventure. They played with Wolf road, um, uh, rare candy and, uh, boys of fall. And I think that's, there was another band that opened up for them. And I feel so bad that I can't remember your name. I'm so sorry. Uh, but you all did great. And, um, and I went to go see them at the subterranean, which is like a really popular club in the city of Chicago that I'd never been to before. And as a music guy, I thought this is a really great opportunity to kind of check this off my list. And then I started thinking, what are other like Chicago venues that I haven't been to that I should go to before I leave Chicago 
at some point, you know. And the only other one that I can think of, because we saw Tenacious D at the Ravinia. Um, I've seen Yellow Card at the House of Blues. I've seen, you know, Action Adventure at the Subterranean. Um, what else? Bottom Lounge. That's the only other one that I haven't been to. But I do have a concert coming up with uh, Sunflower, um, Sunflower Bean and Pale Dog and Jackie Hayes. And that's going to be a really fun show. Um, but yeah, I wanted to ask, man, do you, do you have like a favorite concert venue or one that just like really, really spoke to you? I don't really remember a whole lot of venues. Mm. Like my friend, Alex, he's like an encyclopedia. He remembers where we saw every show ever, which is crazy. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I recognize some like, um, Reggie's immediately comes to mind where I saw a few shows and played a few shows. Reggie's hmm. Rock Club. That's like a small place that's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, where did we go see um, The Wonder Years? Where did we go see Origami Angel? Couldn't tell you. I don't think it was The Metro. No, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, but I remember that was another venue that, that I wanted to check off my list. I've uh, been to the Tinley Park Amphitheater a bunch of times. Yeah, or um, oh, what do they call it now? Uh, it was for a while. It was First Midwest Bank Amphitheater. Yeah. Um, and I guess um, before it was it was something else. I went to go see John Mayer there, and he was like, "Last time I was here, it was called blah blah blah." And my mom, who came with me, she was like, "Oh yeah," and I was like, "I don't, no idea." Now it's called something else entirely. Um, so now we're gonna be those people that were like, "I remember when it was the first Midwest Amphitheater." Um, yeah, man. Like we've been to a couple of sports stadiums yeah like united center wrigley soldier field Field, whatever yeah so i mean those are fun shows it's just it's obvious when you get there that they weren't made for like concerts um but i think it still works like stadium i i think i prefer smaller venues to like bigger venues because like stadium shows they're fine they're cool but like when you go to a show where like you can like see the band like very very clearly I don't know. I just think I have more fun at those venues because it's like Definitely. It, it feels a lot more intimate and it feels like, you know, um, it feels like the artist is going to remember that venue as opposed to like a big stadium. It's like, what stadium was that? Where the who play? Yeah. And it's like if, if you're seeing someone at a small venue, it's like, oh, yeah, they're going to remember that name because chances are when I went to go see Action Adventure, every act, every single act, when they weren't on stage, they were in the audience and they were just like watching the other bands. They were watching their friends. And I was like, that's awesome. That's so cool. Cause then I got to see the guy that I went, I wanted to go see rare candy. Um, I love his music so much. He's this acoustic pop punk, um, artist. He used to play, uh, bass, um, in, I think the band Belmont who I saw a couple of years ago too. And I didn't know he had a side project, which is now his full time project. Now I got to hug him. I got to like meet him very like multiple times and just tell him, Hey, like your EP turnip head got me through like the first half of like 2020. Like I listened to that on repeat all the time. And he was like, dude, we love to hear it. He gave me a hug. Like we talked a little bit. Um, so small venues all the way, small shows all the way. Um, and, uh, and I'm hoping the one at, you know, when I go see Sunflower Bean at Bottom Lounge, I hope Bottom Lounge ends up being a cool bar. Um, it's been a hot minute since I've been there, but yeah, I think as far as I, I did not even know we saw the D at the Ravinia. 
Mm-hmm. That's actually where I'm heading next. Really? Where are you gonna? Who are you gonna go see? Steve Miller. Whoa! Steve Miller Band. Steve Miller Band. Yeah. They're gonna play the Rambler. Oh, maybe. But oh. um, he's kind of just been forced into my life <laughs> because Haley, the girlfriend, lives and breathes Steve Miller. Yeah. Like hardcore. Like she puts me in my Metallica phase to shame, to absolute <laughs> shame. Yeah, that's how it should be. Yeah, I think everyone deserves an artist like that. But yeah, I saw King Crimson at the Ravinia too. Okay. That's a really, really nice venue. Yeah, it's basically just like one. You walk in and there's a long hallway where all the bathrooms and like the bar is, and then they have usually merch set up in that hallway. Yeah, and then the stage is just one big room. Uh, and when we saw Tenacious D, we were pretty close. I think we're thinking of two different places, because the Ravinia I'm thinking of is outside. So there might be like a, a theater, and then the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, because I feel like maybe Ravinia. I I feel like I've heard that used as like a name to describe like an outdoor, like thing. Yeah, because yeah. the one I'm thinking of is like outdoors, and there's like, there's like a fountains and. It's it's kind of like the amphitheater. Yeah. If it had a lot more budget. Oh, yeah. Which is weird because the amphitheater. I saw Paul McCartney at the amphitheater, which is nuts. Like they they draw in really big acts at the Tinley Park. Yeah, I mean Maiden. That was my first show ever. They were over there. Yeah. So the Rush. My my favorite show of all time was at the amphitheater. Really. Yeah. Wow. Who would have thought? And we lived so close to Tinley Park for so long, and I had no idea that we were that privileged. Yeah, and you can get like lawn seats for like twenty bucks. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but yeah, and then uh, so I'm gonna have a detailed review on the sunflower sunflower bean show for sure. Um, he's gonna have a detailed review on Steve Miller, so be sure to catch us for that. Um, but also coming up in a couple of months or within the next couple of months are the anniversaries to all of the mobile games we play. So I am 100% responsible for introducing. Uh, you to all of the mobile games that you play now well yeah. at least like the three major ones that like i talked to him about that's, um, all, that's all i play okay cool because it was like it was a very slow process um but uh first i introduced you to dokkan uh Do- dragon ball z dokkan battle which has been around for seven years and it's going to be celebrating its seventh anniversary in july um and then uh after that it was pokemon masters um, which is another gotcha mobile game. But like the draw is that instead of just summoning for Pokemon, you summon for like their signature trainers too, which is really cool. Um, and then the most recent one is uh, My Hero Academia Ultra Impact. Um, and I think the last two are a little bit more self-explanatory because we just, we like Pokemon and I introduced him to My Hero. Um, so it kind of just made sense. Um, but how do you do you remember like the first time that I talked to you about Dokkan or like the first time that you remember being interested in Dokkan? Not really. That was before I even started watching the show, I think. Yeah. Well, cuz I I had I recently did a Twitch stream where I talked about Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Z Dokkan Battle a little bit too. Um where I mentioned how in Dragon Ball Z Dokkan Battle, the mobile game where you're basically just popping bubbles and watching attack animations happen, the soundtrack 
to that game is nuts. The soundtrack to Dokkan is absolutely crazy. Like, I never thought that I would spend a whole 45-minute drive just listening to mobile game music, but I do. I do, man. I have that the whole soundtrack on repeat so often. Um, it's definitely absurd. Yeah. And, you know, they're all like minute or so loops. Right. But, y- y- yo, yeah, I they- would put Dokkan up against any goddamn game <laughs> at the Game yeah. Awards. Yep. For best music, where the hell is Dokkan's nomination? Yeah, no idea. Like, I, I think they're drawn to, like, you know, award shows. They're going to look at, like, big uh, AAA, AAA games. Oh, who's got strings in their arrangement? And who's got these big cinematic moments? Like, oh, I'm going to highlight Horizon Zero Dawn, which is a fine game. But I'm not listening to the Horizon Zero Dawn soundtrack when I'm driving the Best Buy. Dude, I am putting on... I'm putting on Tech, Goku, and Vegeta who fuse into Super Saiyan Gogeta from the Fusion Reborn movie. I'm playing their soundtrack. I'm playing the BoJack soundtrack. I'm playing um, the new AGL uh, Perfect Cell soundtrack. Dude, so chunky. Yeah. So I remember I showed David one of the songs from the soundtrack that happened to be a little bit longer than a minute and a half. It was like two minutes of a loop. And I had my phone faced down. So, like, I could surprise you and be like, you like this song? Well, guess what? It's from a mobile game. <gasps> and then, you know, there was the reveal. Um, but I remember you actually seemed to like it because after I was like, so what do you think? You were like, goddamn. And I was like, this is from a Dragon Ball Z mobile game. And you were like, what the f- goddamn? Um, yeah. So ever since then, I had been trying to find tracks that David would would really like and there was one in particular after that that was from the DBS Broly movie there was a transforming like you could transform mid battle into from Super Saiyan Gogeta into Super Saiyan Blue Gogeta um and his theme y'all his his theme it's so good it is so good yeah, uh, I'll have to put in the meme that I made <laughs> um, later on. But yeah, yeah, it was it was the OST that got me into it. Yeah, and now I'm trapped. Now we're trapped, and we're saving for all of the anniversaries because seemingly okay. So Dokkan's is in July. It is July sixth, so we are a little bit past two months away. Um, Pokemon Masters. I think is in June or around the same time. And then I just found out that my hero's uh, anniversary is like in May. So we have like three anniversaries in a row that, you know, all of these games use like in-game currency, like gems and stuff. So we've been saving our gems for the most part, um, getting ready for these big anniversaries. Cause that's usually when really cool characters come out and, in Dokkan's case, really cool OSTs. Um, and I know, what was it, in like the last episode or two episodes ago, when we were trying to talk about Resident Evil, I was like, oh yeah, we might talk about mobile games at some point. Um, and now we're talking about them immediately. We just had a lot to say about Doctor Strange and Moon Knight. Um, and we will probably continue to have a lot to say about Dokkan as like the anniversaries come out and, and stuff like that. Um, we might even do an episode where we're just listening to like Dokkan OSTs or like picking our favorites or something like that. 
um, which could be a cool idea. But I think um, I think that's going to do it for today. Um, unless, uh, you know, you got anything else to add about Dokkan or the mobile games. No, we can talk about them later because there's a lot to say. There's a lot to say. Um, so if you stuck around for this long, thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed. If you enjoyed, be sure to follow us for upcoming episodes. Go check out our YouTube channel. Uh, we post whole episodes and whole clips. Um, and we're about to post uh, a bonus episode from this episode on our YouTube. Um, so be on the lookout for that. But, uh, yeah, I have been Nick Scarpinato. I have been David Kabushikars, and that's been a 1961 Jaguar E-Type. And that has been our lovely co-host, Vanessa. Thank you for stopping by. Um, be sure to grab a Tootsie Pop on the rollout. We, uh, on the way out, we have way too many. We have way, way too many. Um, and the birds outside are starting to eat them and choke on them. So if you could grab one. That would be great. We're trying to protect the environment and our reputations because as soon as word gets out that we're killing innocent birds, it's over. It's all over for us. So be a friend. Help us out.